Welcome to VPG's Virtual Water Cooler Chat Podcast, where we share lessons and stories of women professionals to help empower other women and expand a greater circle of influence. So we walk our journey with those who understand and appreciate us. Today, our guest interviewer for Virtual Water Cooler Chat, Sheena Yap Cheng, will be chatting with Judy He. Judy is a patent attorney at Crowell & Mooring, LLP. She has a significant amount of experience with litigating and resolving complex patent, trade secret, and commercial licensing disputes. Judy is on the board of Intellectual Property Law Association of Chicago, IPLAC, and she teaches legal writing as an adjunct professor at Loyola University Chicago's School of Law. Judy loves being in Chicago, and she is very passionate about diversity, equity and inclusion, and mentorship. Judy also has an active pro bono practice. She has successfully obtained predicate orders for special immigrant juvenile status in Illinois state courts and succeeded in obtaining asylum for immigrant families in Chicago Immigration Court. In 2021, Judy was a recipient of the National Immigrant Justice Center's Rising Star Award. She has also been recognized twice by the American Bar Association Standing Committee on Pro Bono and Public Service as a pro bono leader for her contributions to the ABA's Free Legal Answers Project. Hey, Judy, welcome to the Virtual Water Cooler Chat Podcast. It's such an honor to have you here as a guest. I'm just curious, you know, how do you know Ashley? Sure, but, you know, thank you for having me. Um, I know Ashley more so online, we connected um, via social media. Um, and I think it's great just recognizing each other's posts and finding a common ground there. Um, Ashley and I also both in the patent industry. Um, and I feel, you know, it's helpful too to have um, that common ground. That's amazing. And I know Ashley has been such great, um, you know, just a great person to have, uh, you know, she's been out there just creating a space, especially for patent lawyers, especially, you know, as Asian women, there's not a lot of lawyers out there, right? So that that community is very small, and we should be all supporting each other. But I was just curious, you know, how did you get started as a patent attorney? Sure. So for me, it's kind of a unique story. Um, I'm still the first and only lawyer in my family. And at the time, I remember thinking about going to law school. It really was because, well, I have a chemistry background um, and a finance background. And I was thinking to myself that I can go to medical school or grad school, and neither of which really appealed to me at the time. And I didn't see myself as either of which um, in my future career. Um, and I started talking with other people. And eventually, someone recommended you should look into law school. I was in the University of Iowa, too. And Iowa had a great law program. And so I started doing some more investigating and I realized that, you know, I love to write. Um, and I figured that law school would be a really unique direction in my career that I've never thought of before. And so I figured I'll try it out. And if I don't like it, it's only three years. But if I love it, then, you know, it's not, it's not bad. Awesome. And I know you mentioned you said you were the only lawyer in the family. So, you know, what was your parents' reaction when you mentioned, you know, I want to get into law, I wanted to be a lawyer? Were they supportive or was it the opposite? I was just curious. I think they were in general supportive, but they were a little afraid. Um, I think that's because, again, being the, in an immigrant family, it's it's more of a, you're going to law school, we don't have any, we don't know any lawyers. <laughs> we don't have anyone who you can rely on. Um, maybe you have questions or you need advice on. Um, so you're going to be by yourself in this endeavor. Are you okay with that? 
And I think that, you know, I was, you know, had to think about it a while, um, but I realized I do want to test it out. And I think that, you know, notwithstanding their concerns, um, they were in general support and they realized that, you know, it's something that you, know, you want to do, you should test it out and do it. I love that. You know, I know it's sometimes not easy when you're that first person, right? Being the trailblazer and not having that guidance, but sometimes that can be a good thing, right? Because then you get to figure out what works for you, what doesn't work. Yes, we're going to make mistakes along the way, but then you made it happen. You're here today. You're a patent lawyer. And I know your journey probably wasn't easy, especially, you know, as an Asian woman, there's such a small percentage when it comes to representation of, you know, Asian female lawyers in America. I mean, in general, I think for Asian Americans, it's about maybe about 4%. And then the ratio to men and women, of course, is you know, not proportion, right? I mean, it's probably like three to one or two to one. So that number gets even smaller. Um, and so I just want to say thanks, you know, for going out there and being that representation, because I know it's not easy. Did you grow up in the States all your life? I was just curious. Yes, that Midwesterner. So stay in Midwest all my life. And what was it like growing up in the Midwest? Like, I'm pretty sure in the Midwest, there wasn't a huge Asian population, correct? So what was growing up in the Midwest like? Yeah, it was different, I feel. I mean, you're right with that. There's not a whole lot compared with the coastal area, for sure. Um, it's definitely not New York or Los Angeles. But I think looking back, I mean, it's it's been a, you know, it's one of the reasons why I love the Midwest is that it is a supportive community. And I feel that for my family and I, there were times that we did feel that we were one of the few, or we were sometimes the only Asians in the community. But then the community that we were in, I think we were very fortunate. Everyone was very supportive. And it was, it was overall looking back, it was great. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And I'm glad you were able to have that supportive community because I think support is so important, right? Especially in a journey, especially in a high pressure job, like being a lawyer. So I love that. Now, I also heard that you have such a strong pro bono presence, especially with immigration law. Can you share why you chose this area of pro bono practice? Well, immigration in general has always been something that I've been very interested in. And I think it's just, again, growing up in an immigrant family, having that connection and realizing the challenges and struggles that an immigrant family can have. And so when I decided to become an attorney, it's just an area that I realized that it's very impactful. There's that opportunity to really play a profound impact in someone else's life and help them out. And in working with them, um, with my, my pro bono clients, it's just astonishing as to what they've gone through. And at the same time, being able to, to connect with them and also to, to represent them is truly a privilege and honor and also, I just I love how it's just an opportunity to help someone have a new beginning. Um, with some some of these clients are looking for a new beginning or a second chance in the United States, and being along the appropriate journey is truly pretty honorable. Thanks for sharing that. And you know, I noticed you've won some amazing awards, right? In 2021, uh, you were a recipient for the National Immigration Justice Center's Rising Star Award. You were also recognized twice by the American Bar Association Standing Committee on Pro Bono and Public Service. Um, you know, and also in 2021, ABA's Free Legal Answers Project. Um, also being a leadership council on Legal Diversity Pathfinders Program. I mean, first of all, congrats to all that. I mean, that's amazing that You've won so many awards, you know, as your time as a as a patent lawyer. And for you, you know, how important are those awards for you? You know, what what is the significance of that? It is significant because it's it's nice to be recognized and acknowledged for the diligence and hard work that's gone behind. And I know I'm very grateful for that. Um, but at the same time, too, I would you know the the award itself. I feel 
while it is important, I, I look, I try to look behind that and to just recognize how fortunate I am again to be supported and at the same time just just grateful that there is that recognition. Thanks for sharing that. And in your in your patent law journey, did you ever go through any trials or tribulations or challenges? You know, I've spoken to a lot of female lawyers, right, from different cultures, different backgrounds. You know, some of them, you know, had to go through a lot of challenges, right? Not being taken seriously, um, you know, a lot of gaslighting, uh, sexism, racism. I was just curious, have you ever encountered anything like that in your journey, especially being in a no white male dominated industry. You know, from time to time, I, I feel that there is that experience that just pop up. Um, and for me, I think that it might just be the way that I was raised. I was always raised to focus on the positive um, and to, you know, have confidence in my own path and in myself. So then when those experiences do come up, while it is disheartening, but I do find that I am able to, to think more about, you know, what I can control, what's within, what's what is important to me. And then I, I feel that it's more a reflection as to the the other the, the party who who made those comments as to more of a reflection as to me. So yes, while it is disheartening, I, I do find a way to brush them off. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I know sometimes it's easier said than done to just brush them off, right? Um, and it takes a lot of work on us to just keep moving forward when things like that happen, because uh, it happen more it happens more often than we realize, right? And sometimes we just got to learn to you know look at the eye on the prize, right? Um, and especially in, in the profession that you're in, it's not always easy. So I'm glad you were able to share that. Do you have any recommendations on how to make IP in the legal space more welcoming for women practitioners with DEI efforts, uh, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion? I think that's a good question. Um, it's not an easy, easy question or an easy answer. Um, I can say from my own experiences, I feel that one of the fundamental cores with diversity and inclusion is to make the other party feel seen. And I feel that if there's, you know, there's a lot of programs, there's not initiatives trying to do that, but I think it really involves more of a local, as opposed to a higher level program, more at the local level for people to take that initiative and to reach out to your colleagues or reach out to, to someone who they haven't talked to before. And to make that human connection, I feel that once those, those connections that you are made at a human to human level, as opposed to a higher level program that we have and we all sit through. Um, so I feel that it really is more of a, you know, just a, you know, maybe just a more one by one effort, but it really does involve everyone's participation in that. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true, right? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, DI efforts out there, but sometimes it's just a lot of smoke and mirrors and no one's really putting action into it. And it's important, right? Especially since there's a lot of underrepresented groups out there and we have to make the most effort to feel seen, right? Especially after watching the Oscars and seeing so many amazing things happen, like Michelle Yeoh winning Best Actress, First Asian Woman, uh, Ki-Hui Kwan winning Best Supporting Actor. I mean, you know, he came back after almost giving up acting. And so that's one way of kind of just opening the doors for everyone else. But then we still have a long way to go. Um, it's great that we have made strides, but we also need to put in the work to go out there and make that happen. I really love that you mentioned that. What do you do to balance the stress between being a very intense litigation practice and focusing on mental wellness? Because I know 
in our culture, mental health is not, you know, a topic that's most talked about. Most of the time, our Asian parents will tell us probably that it's not real, or we just keep things to ourselves. But what do you do, especially, you know, being in a high, you know, intense job like what you do or a pr- profession? That, that's another good question. I, I think I've tried a number of things over the years. Um, but recently, what I found is helpful is mental wellness, or setting aside time for myself is to be more goal oriented. And I find that, you know, it's important to me that I do something, you know, point for fun, but something for myself, um, you know, every day if I can. And it can be really within that goal. It can be anything. It can be um, really, you know, whether it's reading a book, um, taking a walk, um, or like treating myself as a coffee, <laughs> something along those lines. I, have, I find having that flexibility as to the activity itself is helpful because then it doesn't really, like, I don't have to do the same activity, for example, for a number of you know, certain period of time, but I'm able to do something different a little bit if I have to, but then still, ha- you know, still achieving the goal at the end of the day is, is helpful for me. Awesome. And I love, you know, that you mentioned those little things, right? Because it's those little things that really make a big difference in our lives. Being able to uh, read a book, have a cup of coffee to ourselves and having that self-care and self-love is so important to work on our mental health. Um, you know, I know it's sometimes not always easy to share how we're doing or being vulnerable because of our culture, but the more we can take these little steps, the better we can get. So I love that you mentioned that, you know, and aside from being a phenomenal patent lawyer, what do you like to do outside of your profession? You know, I love to spend time with family. Um, We're a small family. And I think that it's important, you know, for me to connect with them. And it's, it really is um, something that I find a way to, to reach out um, and just check in every now and then. Just things tend to get busy. Um, but it's always important to remember, too, that there are certain things beyond, the, you know, beyond being a lawyer um, that's important as well. And family is very high on that list. I also like to run a lot. And I find that running is a really good way, you know, in terms of wellness, for sure, too. But at the same time, it's just a good way to keep myself um, on track and to think, too, clear out my thoughts. Um, and it's been it's been helpful from that perspective. I'm the, like you. I love to run, you know, as long as the weather's nice. I mean, I live in Toronto. We have winter, we have snow, but in the summer and spring, while the weather's nice and sunny, uh, for me, going out for a run is very important. You know, just for, for me, it's my form of meditation and it just kind of helps me mind up everything and gets refocused, recalibrated, especially if I'm going through just certain mental health issues, right? Because we all go through them. We're not always going to be hundred percent confident, You know, there's days where we're going to feel down on ourselves and sometimes we just need an outlet to go out there to let it all out so that we can have new energy in. And family is so important, right? Um, You know, they, they you know, especially our our parents, right? They migrated to North America to have a better life for us, to give us a better life, sacrificed a lot. What are some of the things that you've learned from your family or your parents that kind of help you in your patent um, law journey? I think it's a lot of my core values come from my parents. So sense of responsibility, yeah. um, hard work, diligence, um, and also grit and resilience, too. And I think that watching them, things weren't easy. A lot of times it was very hard. Um, and they've gone through the experience of trying to relearn something completely new. And for me, um, to watch them go through learning a new language, learning a new culture, and seeing how they persevere, not seeing the challenges, is both inspirational and also motivating because it makes me more appreciative as to what, you know, what I have, um, the sacrifices they went through um, to make sure that I have a better future in this country. And I think that it's, it's, it's those core values that I rely on 
even my daily practice to help me be a better woman. Thanks for sharing that. And it's so true. Sometimes, you know, we can pick up, you know, some great things that we can learn from our parents and use it in our own journeys. Grit is so important, especially, you know, when you're you're in your own path, trying to forge a path, trying to trailblaze something. I mean, it's not easy. There's going to be challenges, roadblocks. And I think as we share our journeys, it's important to share these struggles we go through, right? Because if not, then people are going to think it's just easy when really it's the total opposite. I mean, like you mentioned, you went through some hardships, you worked through them, you kept pushing forward. And I think grit is one of the most important things, right? Having grit, having persistence, um, being out there, being able to create that change that we want to see in this world, right? Especially if we want you know, more women uh, being in law, right? More women practicing law, showing them what's possible as well. So I really love that you mentioned that. And anyone who's listening to this, they're in their own journey to become a lawyer. You know, what are some words of wisdom that you would love to give them? Giving yourself grace, I think, is, is something that I realized later on in my career than that before. And I think it stems from, you know, having different types of challenges pops up, right? And I think that it's not until after going through them, you fully appreciate the lesson behind each challenge. And then to realize that a career is not linear and that there are highs and there are lows and that for sure you should enjoy the highs. But then in terms of the low times too, recognize that there is oftentimes a lesson behind it and that this time will pass. <laughs> Once the time passes, to be more appreciative as to the lesson that was learned and what you can take from that to move on, um, that, that that will help in the long run for that individual to become a better better lawyer too. And also at the same time, check in with yourself every now and then to make sure you're still on the right path. Um, because there's definitely, I think people think that they want to be a certain career at different stages of life. Um, but re- recognizing that there is that flexibility. The law degree is powerful and there's definitely more than one type of career. Um, you don't have to be in big law and you don't have to be in government. There's the many, many different options available when it's public interest, um, sometimes not even doing a legal career. A lot of it is helpful just to provide that perspective. And so to have that knowledge, I think it's good in recognizing you don't have to do something that whether it's most people do, or whether it's your best friend, you don't have to follow the same path. You have that liberty to, to pursue your own passion. I love that. And what do you love about patent law? <laughs> I think for me, it's doing something completely different than what I imagined. And I, t- and I, I go back to when I was an undergrad, I didn't think patent law was a possibility. And I think that it was something that not until I really thought about going to law school that I considered maybe I'll go, you know, do patent law, maybe I'll look more into it. And then fast forward a few years from now, I looked back and it's just, uh, you know, the, the day to day that my, my career is just a different direction than what I thought was possible. And I do feel that representation matters from that perspective because there, this is a this is a career that's that's available, especially for women in hard sciences, right? But then it's just not sometimes that obvious because I think there are more paths emphasized that they may think that's more traditional. But for me, I think it's just doing something completely different than what I imagined, um, and it's just it's been great. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. And you know, I just would love to hear. You know, what are some of the you know, most interesting stories you have in your journey as being a patent lawyer, the wins, the, the you know, the highs, the lows, you know, was, was there any particular stories that stand out that kind of help you become who you are today? You know, I'm not, I don't know if it's a particular story, but I do think that, you know, 
I, I, I do believe that my career is more like a journey, a journey that I'm still on. And I think that overall, looking back at when I first started to where I am today, I think that there's been a lot of lessons learned for sure. Um, and in terms of the wins, it really is the people who I've surrounded myself. Um, I think that, you know, I go back to community, but it is very important to me. I feel that it's something that, you know, I've been lucky and fortunate to be surrounded by mentors, um, to find the people who I know matters more, um, and to to be able to now, you know, figure out who, who I, you know, can, can trust and rely on. Um, and that that journey, I feel, and finding those individuals is something that I find to be the, the most valuable part. I love that. And I love that you mentioned you had mentors that help you along the way, because, you know, especially in our culture, you know, it's not always great to ask for help, right? It's seen as a handout or a weakness. But is there one particular mentor that really, you know, that you just really looked up to and really helped you in this journey, you know, believed in your abilities that you can be a patent lawyer? I've had a number of strong women in my career early on who I feel trusted my ability and my potential. Um, and I look back and then they're, they're to this day, um, very important mentors in my life. Um, and they're, they're just excellent role models. And I think that sometimes it's not in a, in a mentor in the sense that, you know, we don't, we don't have to work together day to day. It's more of a, you know, someone who I, you know, through, through observing them, through, through working with them before, just, there's just excellent qualities about them and stuff that, um, I've learned, and it's it's something that I I find you know whether or not I incorporate in my practice is still important to know that that's a different perspective out there that they have, and I find that to be the most most powerful. I love that, and I love that you mentioned you know strong women that really help you out because having you know strong women as mentors is so important, especially in our journey. No matter you know what industry we're in, we definitely need more women mentors out there who can pave the way, who can show us what's possible who can, you know, just make you believe in yourself, because that's so important. Without these female mentors, where would we be today? Being able to see, you know, uh, women out there who are doing great in their industry, being able to break barriers, break glass ceilings, uh, create a better representation, that's all important. And I was just curious, do you also mentor, you know, the next generation, especially, you know, if they want to become a lawyer? Um, do you ever do any work in, in that field? I do. Um, occasionally, I mentor law students um, and younger attorneys. Is there any stories that you could share, you know, through your mentoring um, journey? You know, I think overall mentoring, what I find is that I see myself sometimes in their shoes. Yes. Um, and some of the, the, the questions that they have, they're asking, um, they remind me a lot of when I was a law, in law, a law student um, or a younger attorney. And I, I really love to being able to give back and also realizing too that I, you know, I can help them along their journey. And it's gratifying to be able to know that, you know, I'm helping out. I, and because the next generation, they're powerful. I mean, it really is, it really is a, in this industry, in this profession, there is a responsibility to make sure that the next generation of lawyers um, are able to rise up. Times are changing, but still, I mean, I, I think that we have to rely on them to know what, what works in their times. There were mentors, too, who paved the way forward to me. I just want to be in that position to pave the way forward for others as well. Thanks for sharing that. And I'm sure there's a lot of women out there who's probably going to want to know how they can team up with you for mentoring and things like that. Um, and it's so great that you're giving back. I mean, I think that's really important, right? And, and you know, we can help someone along the way in their own journey and not realize 
they're not alone in this journey. You know, there's someone out there who can kind of show them the ropes and mentor them along the way. Uh, do you have any upcoming events that you're, you will be in or attending or any projects that you're working on later in the year? There's a number of upcoming events. So I'm involved with a number of local bar organizations in Chicago, and there's a number of them that are coming up in the spring and summer. Um, and I think that, you know, it's, it's maybe going back to some some other general advice that the other question you had earlier, but for, for younger attorneys or law students too, if they're interested in any organizations, so do definitely get involved sooner rather than later. Um, and then too, you know, if there's anyone who's interested, um, feel free to reach out, whether you know, to me, for example, if any organizations I'm a part of, I'm always happy to talk more about them. Awesome. And how how can they connect with you? Is it, you know, do you have social media, email? Uh, feel free to share, you know, how they can contact you. LinkedIn will probably be a good best area. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Judy. It's been such a blast connecting with you, learning about your story. And we're so grateful again to have you as a guest. Thank you for having me. 